Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsm radio.org. Now, here's our show today. How often have you wondered, what is God doing? What is his purpose for all of this? Is it just to save me and take me to heaven? If that is all, then why didn't Christ come back centuries ago? Actually, the God of the Bible today is active and moving bringing his redeemed people into the highest calling and purpose in the universe, far beyond our simplistic imaginations. Don't miss today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Here to help us once again as we continue our journey through the book of Isaiah is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back to the program today. Good to be back to participate not only in a life study, a study of the Word to touch the divine life embodied therein, it's also an all-inclusive Christ study as revealed in Isaiah. I'm looking forward to this very much. Ron, beginning in the winter of 1990, Witness Lee conducted this life study of Isaiah, and we've concluded the programs that dealt with the messages he gave at that time. But then a few months later, as you remember, he was burdened to take another look at the highlights of this Old Testament book that's often been referred to as the fifth gospel because of its rich and detailed account of our wonderful Lord Jesus. Today we begin this second pass through the book, and we come to chapter 4, which is really a marvelous portrayal of Christ, isn't it? It is. Listeners may be quite surprised, and pleasantly so to see in this little chapter certain marvelous, wonderful aspects of Christ in his divinity and in his humanity, in his divine glory and in his human virtues. Let's pursue. Ron, in this first section, we're going to hear Witness Lee describe how our God today is living, aggressive, and moving. Let's join him with our first portion of today's life study from Isaiah. No other book covers Christ in so many items as uh, Isaiah. From Isaiah, we could see our God is an active God, an aggressive God. He is a God of moving. He has his 
personal desire. He has his heart's pleasure. So, before the foundation of the world, he made within himself a plan. And that plan was his eternal economy to create the universe and man. That he may have a people to express him in a marvelous way. And to have another people to be the spectators, to see what these divine children people are going to do. This you could see in Isaiah. But Isaiah's central point is not just to see this, but to show us how God, in his great move, made Christ as everything in this move. And this thought forced me to use these two words, centrality and universality. God made Christ as a centrality and universality of his great move. This is why in Isaiah's book, we have so many items of what Christ is. And Christ has to be so many items. Otherwise, he could not fulfill God's economy. Well, Ron, often our life with the Lord seems to be focused on what we want God to do for us today. What was striking to me in what we just heard is the realization and the view that God's people really should be more occupied with what's on his heart and what are his deepest desires, and not all the time focused on our own needs, or at least what we perceive to be our own needs, forgetting that he is fully aware of our needs. But our life and experience of Christ take on another dimension when we learn to care about what's on his heart, don't they? Chris, you're bringing up a point that I hope our listeners will attend to. In this matter of focusing at first, and for quite a period of time, on our own needs, problems, hardships, difficult situations, and are appealing to God to act on our behalf. He wants us to pray about what we need. But if we are to grow in the Lord to anything approximating maturity, there needs to be a turn in our being and see from a verse such as Second Timothy one nine that God saved us and called us according to his own purpose. God is a God of purpose, with an eternal purpose. And salvation is to bring us back to God and back to his original intention in creating us. When we make such an inward turn, we're in another realm. Our focus switches from ourselves, our needs, our problems, our situation, to God himself in Christ, to the God of life, light, love, will, and purpose. 
And then we turn to him and we open to him and the word of God becomes a new book to us because we read it from God's own perspective. And we read it in order to be enlightened and supplied to live to the Lord for his purpose. Well, Ron, the balance of our message today is going to focus on two pairs of items in Isaiah 4 that reveal Christ in a marvelous way. Let me read verse 2, verse 5, and verse 6, and then we'll see both of these pairs. Verse 2 says, In that day the shoot of Jehovah will be beauty and glory, and the fruit of the earth, excellence and splendor to those of Israel who have escaped. And verses 5 and 6 For the glory will be a canopy over all, and there will be a shelter or tabernacle as a daytime shade from the heat, and as a refuge and a cover from storm and rain. Here's Witness Lee once again. The entire book was written in poetry, and Hebrew poetry always goes in pairs. So, in this chapter, chapter 4, we have two pairs of what Christ is. These two pairs are number one, the shoot of Jehovah and the fruit of the earth. The second pair is a covering canopy of glory and an overshadowing tabernacle of grace. This shoot of Jehovah is Jehovah's branching out. When he branched, himself out. He did it in his divinity to branch himself out into man. I must tell you, 2,000 years ago, before Jesus was born, our unlimited God was existing there or had been existing there for years. No one can tell how long but just in the territory of his divinity. He had nothing to do with humanity. He had nothing to do with man. Have you thought about this? But 2,000 years ago, he came to be incarnated. In that incarnation, he branched himself out in his divinity, into another kind of element, into humanity. Now, from that year, the year of Christ's birth, our God is not one only in divinity, but he is our God in both divinity and humanity. Think about it. Do you know the difference between the God of the Jews and us Christians. The Jewish God is still according to Jewish idea in divinity without any element of humanity. But the God we Christians have is one who is in divinity and in humanity. Okay, then we go on to uh, the fruit of the earth. You have to read Luke 142. When Mary came to Elizabeth, Elizabeth said, the fruit in your womb 
is blessed. That is the fruit here. And the fruit in the womb of Mary was Jesus. Jesus there was in a human womb. That means he was there in the dust, in earth. A man born of human blood and flesh. Jesus was born of human blood and flesh from the earth. So the earth is the source of Christ's humanity. Just like the eternity is the source of Christ's divinity. Jesus was a man born of human elements from the earth for the multiplication and reproduction of the divine life in humanity. Do you realize, have you ever understood that God in himself, in his divinity, has no way to be multiplied. Here you have the shoot of the God Jehovah. Here you also have the fruit of the earth. Could the shoot be multiplied? Have you thought about it? A piece of shoot is not for multiplication, but the fruit is. This one grain of wheat will go down to die in the earth and it will be multiplied. God can never, never multiply it in his divinity. For his multiplication, he needs humanity. And humanity is the soil, is the earth, for the triumph God to get himself multiplied and reproduced. Ron, I, I love this marvelous poetic language uh, of Isaiah, portraying Christ as the shoot of Jehovah and the fruit of the earth, and then a covering canopy of glory and an overshadowing tabernacle of grace. But these are much more than just lovely poetic phrases. They're really conveying some extremely rich and meaningful aspects of Christ. Let's, let's touch the first matter of his branching out into another territory. He's not just confined to the divine territory of heaven, is he? This point is amazing. God in himself is eternal, infinite, unchanging. But God created the heavens and the earth and man with a spirit for God. And one day, in what Galatians calls the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son. God became a human being. This is God's branching out. This is God in his economy, developing, entering into time and space. Yes, he's forever, eternal, transcendent, heavenly, self-existing, unchanging, immutable. But the shoot of Jehovah, the branch, is a development in God, not in his Godhead, but in his economy, in his plan and arrangement to come into man to save man, 
to bring man into himself in Christ, to dispense himself into redeemed humanity so that he will have on earth the fulfillment of the purpose for which he created us in his own image and with his dominion to represent him with his authority. The light here is laser sharp and uplifting and supplying and reviving and renewing and refreshing beyond description. Well, Ron, in our last portion today, we'll see how the second pair in Isaiah 4, the covering canopy of glory and the overshadowing tabernacle of grace issue from the first pair. And there's also a reference to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, where Paul makes reference to this in a very New Testament context. And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, and my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ might tabernacle over me. Here's Witness Lee. The second pair is some kind of issue of the first pair. A covering canopy of the divine glory and an overshadowing tabernacle of grace in Christ's humanity. A covering canopy of glory. The divine glory covering all the interests of Jehovah God in his holy mountain. The holy mountain was there, Mount there, and God's temple was there, and God's people were there, and they have all kinds of convocations, conferences, meetings, always a big congregation. These were the interest of God on the earth. Now, an overshadowing tabernacle of grace in humanity is used for a shade to keep heat away. It is also used for refuge and for a cover to hide your body and protect you from storm and rain. So Christ is the canopy to cover God's interest, thus higher then Christ is also a tabernacle to shield us as a cover from the dangers, from the storms and rain. All the shade, the refuge, the cover are just a tabernacle. The shade is to keep heat from you and the refuge and cover are just to protect you from damages. This is Christ being our tabernacle in his grace, in his humanity. This is fully explained in Second Corinthians chapter 12, 9. You better read that. We want to break in here just long enough to give you this verse that Witness Lee is referring to, Second Corinthians twelve nine, And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ might tabernacle over me. Let's rejoin Witness Lee. So here you have another pair, the second pair of 
canopy and tabernacle. The shield of Jehovah and the foot of the earth, those two were one pair. They produced another pair, that is, the canopy of God's glory and the tabernacle of Christ's grace in his humanity. This means our Christ, just according to Isaiah chapter 4, is so much. He is the new development of God. He is branching out of God in his divinity into humanity. As such a one, he has the beauty of divinity. And he has the glory of divinity. And this beauty and this glory eventually becomes a big canopy to cover all God's interests, including us, on this earth. Not only so, he's also the fruit of the earth for reproduction. Then this reproducing fruit of the earth will have their excellence, the splendor for his believers. As such a one, Christ is as a shade to shed away all the hot heat and as a refuge and as a cover to hide us, to protect us from being damaged. Well, Ron, these two sets or pairs that we've seen today present a beautiful picture of the Christ that we as his people are privileged to experience and enjoy. Maybe you could develop how the first pair the shoot of Jehovah and the fruit of the earth issues in or produces the second pair, the covering canopy and tabernacle of grace, especially as these relate to our experience of him. The shoot of Jehovah related to glory and the fruit of the earth related to humanity. Here we see in Christ divinity, and humanity, two distinct natures, yet mingled in one person, bringing forth a God-man who personally fulfilled God's purpose, lived a sinless life, died a vicarious redemptive death on the cross, resurrected with a body and in resurrection became the life-giving spirit to enter into us. Now, as we experience him, he becomes to us this canopy of glory. That's in the divine side. We need a covering, shelter, protection, a refuge, because we live, whether we know it or not, in a spiritual war zone. But the Christ, who is the outshoot of God and his divinity and the fruit of the earth and his humanity, has become such a canopy covering us. And also, he becomes a tabernacle overshadowing us with grace. This is very experiential. It makes us think 
of Paul's experience in 2 Corinthians when he prayed three times, understandably, for this painful thorn in the flesh, messenger of Satan, to be removed. And the Lord answered him by saying, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And there the Lord became an overshadowing tabernacle of grace. This is the same divine human person, our Lord Jesus, becoming to us and for us a canopy to cover us with glory, God's corporate expression, and also to be to us a tabernacle overshadowing us with grace, supplying us moment by moment with the all-sufficient grace we need to live on this earth to him and for his eternal purpose. Ron, I think even if our listeners didn't fully understand everything that was covered today, I think we all get a deep impression that the Christ unveiled in Isaiah is very, very rich, and even more, that this rich Christ can and needs to be experienced by us day by day. As always, Ron, I really appreciate when you can be here with us. Thanks for your help today, and I hope you'll come back again very soon. We'd like to invite you back as well for our next program, and we encourage you to contact us. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. And we'd also like to point you to our website, www.lsm.org. And then just click on the Broadcasting tab for all of our programs and information on how you can subscribe to our daily podcast. Again, that's lsm.org and click on Broadcasting. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. The focus of Living Stream is the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China in the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Witness Lee brought this ministry first to Taiwan, then later to North America and eventually to the entire world. For more than 20 years, he spoke these life study messages, unveiling how each book of the Bible shows God's eternal plan. God, through Christ, wants to dispense his life and nature into redeemed man so that man would become God's expression, enlargement, counterpart, and habitation. These studies go far beyond mere doctrine and unveil a personal, practical, and experiential Christ. In these short 26-minute programs, we summarize and condense Witness Lee's rich speaking. But to enjoy all the riches in these messages, we hope you'll visit our website at lifestudy.com. There, you can read all of the Life Study messages absolutely free of charge. You can even create your own Life Study reading schedule or download more Life Study audio programs just like this one, and all at no cost. Again, the website, lifestudy.com.
Thanks for listening.